Welcome to Bound by Books podcast. I'm Marianne Morea, and today I am joined by Sherry Hayes. How are you, Sherry? I'm good. How are you today, Marianne? I am pretty good. Um, we are just cooking along today with, uh, with discussions. We're going to be talking to you guys about pushing boundaries. Ooh, boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Pushing boundaries. And uh, it, it, pushing boundaries... <sighs> It could be anything, pushing boundaries Mm -hmm. in terms of genre, pushing boundaries in terms of what you, uh, where the, where the line is in your, in your writing as to what you will cross and what you won't cross Mm -hmm. Um, in, in, in terms of action, in terms of um, spiciness, in terms of um, whether, you know, uh, social norms and so forth. Um, It could also be, um, pushing boundaries of, uh, of things, that, you know, limitations that you, you, you think you've put on yourself as well. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't think I could ever write something. Like I always said, I don't think I could ever write a steampunk because I just, you know, the, the genre doesn't, doesn't speak to me. But you know what? Maybe if I actually um, picked up a book <laughs> and read one, I might say, oh, yeah, I could write this. You know, so, you know, pushing yeah, boundaries is, a, is I can another- see you writing steampunk. Yeah, I, could. I don't know about that because it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, I don't know. It's like Westworld <laughs> you know, type of a type of a situation. Yeah, you know? but it's kind of you know it's kind of like a cross almost between sci-fi and western, which is kind of that's how I've always thought about it because it's got all the gadgety stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I could see you getting into that because I mean you really like like the detail history type things, and I, I could do. see you potentially diving into that if you got the right and you know just got the inspiration there but pushing boundaries yeah it, it's so it's so varied depending on what you're doing like for example a person per, perfect example of pushing boundaries for me uh, in my writing was my finding in a series when I wrote, uh, when I wrote, when I wrote this series, I knew that it was, well, first of all, it's, it falls into the BDSM, BDSM umbrella. So for anybody who's listening, who does not know what BDSM is, uh, it stands, it's an acronym that stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission and sadomasochism. So it's a really big umbrella that kind of covers more of the taboo subjects. When I wrote my Finding Anna series, it, I pushed the boundaries by doing the opposite of what was expected in that genre. Because the first book in that series has zero sex in it. Mm-hmm. Which all I they found do is, surprising. I know, right. Which all it had was, all they did was kiss uh, as far as physical stuff. So it was very, but in that respect... In in that genre, in that in that subgenre of romance, I was pushing a boundary because it does not fall into the norm of what was expected 
in that. Uh, it was also very dark in the sense that it dealt with human trafficking. But at the same time, it wasn't dark because it had the writing had a very hopeful feel to it. So in so many different aspects, it also dealt more with the mental uh, aspects of dominance and submission than it did the kinky sex. And those were all things that were very outside of the norm for the subgenre of BDSM romance. And still is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, pushing boundaries in your genre, uh, it seems like it's something that would be, um, I guess, a little more defined, you know, as to, in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of where the where the boundaries are, where the taboos lie. And because of how because it's the, the genre in itself kind of falls it pushes boundaries (laughs) of 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 social norms and 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 what people are people expect and you know yeah you 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 in a situation like that um there are going to be people who have a hard time wrapping their head around it i know i have been one of those people who are just like yeah i don't get any i don't i i don't i don't get the pleasure through pain but i've i've written some of it you know not not like yours, but I've written mm-hmm. situations where there was pleasure through pain, um, not to the extent of what that would qualify as BDSM. But mm-hmm. um, it's, I guess it's, it's a, it, it, it really depends on, on what your readership is and what they will embrace, really, you know, mm-hmm. what you, what you think. And you sometimes it's taking a risk, too like what you did when you did the opposite of what was expected you took a risk you know and pushing boundaries in and of itself you know is Mm -hmm. is uh you know involves risk taking because your readership expects a certain thing and when Mm -hmm. you don't give it to them it could it could just blow up in your face you know and like um I, I think that also speaks to some of the things that we've talked to in the past about staying in your lane and, you know, making sure that you're what you're the contract that you, you, you agree upon with your readers that you're going to, you know, under this pen name, you are going to write a specific type of book and that they're going to expect these certain elements all the time and then pushing boundaries with them, whether or mm-hmm. not you can, you can have your readership evolve and grow with you. That's another yeah. way to, to try and push boundaries. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, the boundaries uh, in, in my books have to be where I allow the darkness. I mean, I changed my background to say, you know, uh, for those of you who are looking at in, um, in YouTube, it says Club Vampire. And even though it looks like I have horns, it's, it's not. It's actually the vampire. This is the logo for the Club Vampire, which is the Red Veil Diaries in New York City. And um, my vampires and my vampire stories, and even to extent to my shifter stories, um, there's always a darkness and it's how I allow that darkness to be manifested. I, uh, and I remember the, one of the books that I pushed boundaries with um, early on in my career was my book, Blood Legacy. And um, a lot of my readers didn't really care for that book too much simply because not that they didn't like the writing. In fact, most of the reviews are just like they loved the writing, but it was the content it was mm-hmm. too triggering for them and to, because I, ha- I, I had a, a couple of scenes that were um, 
dubious consent Mm-hmm. And where and that and one situation mm-hmm. where uh, a vampire created another vampire who happened to be a male vampire with another with a male victim or a male that, that that he just was enamored of and was obsessed with and he converted him you know he he changed him into a vampire against his will and the items that went you know the the the, the events that ensued afterwards in fact one of the one of the con- one of the comments was I didn't know vampire rape was a genre you know mm. but it was because of the darkness that i needed to be planted in my character's heart as you know to, right. to this was his his villain origin story so to speak and mm-hmm. even though he's trying to hold on to the shreds of his humanity you know and and not fall into the abyss of just becoming this 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 you know unfeeling predator you know he doesn't want to, to be that way even though mm-hmm. he was created that way. It's so this is where I push the I push the boundaries because, you know, not all vampires sparkle, not all vampires have a happy family and, you know, and and a white wedding at the end. You know, some of them have to claw through the slog in order to be able to to, you know, yeah. become become whole again, uh, you know, even within their own darkness. But it's the uh, emotional but, journey. That's yeah. the that's the thing. I think that that's where pushing boundaries really um really becomes a good thing in writing and creative writing specifically is because it does by pushing boundaries, you are, uh, you're able to push those emotions. Well, that's where I'm saying it. Whereas I may not have the same kind of path to be able to push the boundaries the way um, the BDSM genre does in terms of taking what is mm-hmm. already considered a, um, out of the box social norm, mm-hmm. maybe even taboo in certain in certain instances, and pushing it to the to the you know to the limit there, mm-hmm. or like you did doing an about face and giving them a different kind of a story where the where the darkness and where the the the, the antisocial norm was the emotion and what she went through, you know, and that, yeah, I was going to say that yeah, the big the big uh, darkness or pushing the boundaries. I mean, I pushed the boundaries of doing a little outside the box type thing with obviously get, starting a starting a series, starting an erotic romance series with a book that uh, is zero sex in it. But the real boundary pushing as far as darkness goes for my Finding Anna series was actually dealing with her trauma. You don't see a whole lot of books that are not dubious consent books like heavy dubious consent books Mm -hmm. that deal especially in the romance genre that deal with someone who was a victim of human trafficking or if there is they're out there i have not seen a whole heck of a lot of them usually i've told people when describing um my finding anna series uh that my my series starts where most slave books end usually like you have when you're talking about someone getting captured and held against their will and tortured and all of that and forced to be a sex slave in a story it's a dubious consent story and you know the person's being held captive there's kind of this stockholm syndrome thing maybe going on Mm. but then typically at the end of the story she escapes right. or she gets rescued or something, but she, she gets out of that situation. And mine is a complete opposite. I started the book, the series 
with her being rescued from that situation. So I, but I still had to deal with the show, fallout. Yeah. With the fallout. And that pushed those boundaries as well. So yeah, there's so many different ways to push the boundaries. Yeah. It's, and I think that, I think book. that's a very smart thing. It's like, you know, you hear the crescendo at the end of a fairy tale, you know, and the, you know, Cinderella and the, and the, and Prince Charming get married mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they, they run off into the sunset, but the next day, what you don't realize is that, you know, Cinderella was kept as a, you know, as a domestic slave and, you know, she's having a hard time being the one given the, given the orders to her staff and they find her in the kitchen, you know, cleaning out the, cleaning out the cinders, you know, because it's mm -hmm. something that she has always done and now is having a hard time adjusting to her new life, you know, so, you know. Have you ever, that, have you ever seen the uh, musical Into the Woods? Yes. Yes. That's, that's sooner like that because that, that's the, that's exactly yeah. That fits in exactly what we're talking about here because the musical into the woods, if you, if for anyone who has never seen it, I mean, it, it did get remade into a movie here recently in the last 10 years, but for anyone who has not seen it or isn't familiar with it, basically the first half of the musical, and I'm talking actual musical because I, you know, I knew the musical first, not the movie, but the first half <coughs> of the musical is what you normally know, what the fairy tale that most of us are familiar with. You know, Cinderella gets the prince and the baker and his wife get the baby and Jack gets the beans and goes up the beanstalk and gets the, you know, gets the treasure. It's what we're normally think. And right. then the second act completely flips the script and goes into what happens next. Yeah, what happens after the, the end. You know, right. it's not the end, you know, it's not, it's just always something else that goes on. And right. I think that's exactly what you and I are talking about here is exactly, you know, is taking what, what is expected in a, in a, in a book or in a, in a genre and actually pushing the envelope on it to give mm -hmm. your reader something that it doesn't have to be a, you know, in your face type of a thing, no. but to actually flip the switch and not mm -hmm. all authors do it and not all readers like that. I mean, I think you have right. to actually, you have to be very calculating if you're going to push the boundaries, whether it's with sex scenes, whether it's with action, whether it's, whether it's, you know, that good guys don't always finish first, you know, right. that, you know, that sometimes the, you know, things don't always end with a happily ever after that there's, you know, that one of the biggest things is that, is that you and I probably could agree upon in terms of being told you don't do is you don't kill off a main character. You don't kill mm. off a love interest. You know, it's just, it, it's never, it's not done. Readers don't want to know that that happens in real life. You know, you don't, you don't do that, but you know, I have known some authors who have killed off a main character, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think you, I think, there's some of that is genre specific. Um, like for instance, in, you know, what is acceptable in a, how a romance ends is different from what's acceptable in a sci-fi or a fantasy. Um, no. You know, it, whereas you could get away with maybe killing a best friend or a parent or something like that in a romance, you are going to tick off a whole lot of people if you kill off the hero or the heroine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that's not the that's not what is expected. That's not the the trope that is expected, the qualifications, as it were, mm-hmm. for something to be a romance. A romance dictates that it has to be that the couple has to end up together in either a happily ever after or, or a happily, happily for now. For now, yeah. Right. But I mean, but there I think are plenty about of other genres that can that you can do that would, you know, if you're going to kill off somebody, there's plenty of people who are willing to read it. It's yeah. A different genre. Absolutely. I mean, I my biggest thought in my head right now is game of thrones you know mm. you know it, everybody was killed off in that book you, you know i remember when i first started yeah. watching the show the first warning i got from one of my friends was don't get too attached to anybody <laughs> that's, what <laughs> I was gonna say. that's one of the ones that i'm just like i can be like yeah don't get too attached to anybody in that show because yeah. you, you you're as soon as you start getting attached to them they're gonna die yep Yep. So, I mean, pushing boundaries is a, is a, it's kind of a, I don't want to say a slippery slope because it, it can be a treacherous path. It's probably a better because, you know, slippery slope, once you start, when you, once you slip and it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a slope. So you just kind of, you know, snowball to the bottom and then you crash and burn. No, it's got to be calculated. Yes. I think that's the word. It could be a, it could be a very narrow and a little bit rocky path because mm-hmm. you can stumble you can you don't you can mm-hmm. fall on a rocky path you right. have to ha- you have to be able to keep your balance on a narrow path that's that's rocky so all of those analogies work because it does have to be very calculated you have to you have to decide mm-hmm. whether or not pushing this boundary that you feel strongly about is enough of a impetus for you to do it because you could lose readership. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that pushing boundaries, you know, it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Like a perfect example Mm -hmm. is um, having same-sex characters in your books. Mm -hmm. All right. A lot of times it's not really mainstream to have a main character who is, who is same sex, you same sex oriented, but, you know, but for years, romance, romance story, romance books have had the the quirky sidekick who might've been, you know, the gay, the gay best friend or the the gay hairdresser or the gay bartender or, or what have you, but pushing the boundaries to actually have, you know, a main character, who finds uh, their love interest in a same-sex scenario could be pushing a boundary for you as a writer. The only thing that I could, Mm -hmm. I could suggest with something like that is anytime you're going to push a boundary that has social norms or whether, or, or things that are outside of what you know personally is that you need to have things sensitivity read and you have to make sure that you're, that, that you're not just, playing into stereotypes, you know, uh, stereotypes, you know, you have to make sure that you're doing it, not just for the sake of doing it, because it's trend, you know, that you have to actually, if this is what you want to do, go ahead and write it, but just make sure that you're doing it justice, and you're doing it correctly. I think in that respect, in that specific scenario, um, it kind of depends on what the expectations you set up for your readers, your readership in general, because, um, when there are there are complete subgenres of course that are, course dedicated are. to same sex couples um and you know it's a it's actually a fairly large genre and they have a dedicated readership however if you have spent 
20 years writing 100 books with all, you know, male, female romance character, you know, romance, romantic couples. And then you throw a same sex, same sex couple in there. You may, you, you may want to do a little research into what you're doing, because that is for you and your readership that could be pushing a boundary and most likely is pushing a boundary because you have set up certain expectations to your readership and now you're throwing them for a curveball. Now for J.R. Ward, she did this in her Black Dagger Brother Black Dagger Brotherhood series and it did well, but she also did a great job of setting it up. Well, this is what you have to do. You can't just pull a character out of thin air. It should be a character that your, your readership knows your, your readership, you give them enough of a backstory, you give them enough, enough of the character in other books leading up to it so that when they Mm -hmm. do get their own story, it's seamless, just like J.R. Ward did, you know? Right, right. But again, I think it, it goes back to if you're going to push boundaries, that there's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a ton of authors that do it in various different ways, but you do need to go into it with your eyes open, with knowing what you're quote unquote getting yourself into or what you're risking. Yeah. And what you're risking and what your readership is willing to uh, accept is not really the word I'm looking for, but it's the best one I can enjoy again. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. Because it's not that what you're going to write is a bad thing, but again, a reader is picking up your specific books. Like say you write small town romance, your readership is picking up your books because you write small town romance and that is what they like. If you suddenly decide to write a BDSM story that's set in the big city in, you know, a really dark club atmosphere, you know, with, you know, the extremes of, you know, of BDSM in there with whips and chains and, you know, all, dungeons you know, and dungeons. Yeah. yeah. Dungeons and all this stuff. You are going to have a, you're going to, you're going to basically slap your, re- it's, it's equivalent of slapping your reader across the face. You know, it's, it's, and they're going to, you're going to have a lot of readers that goes, um, what the heck is this? Yeah. Well, this is where you can push a boundary, but you have to also understand that you have to push a boundary within certain limits of what you've mm-hmm. already established. Um, and that this is where it's like, you, you need another to pen get, name. Yeah. Another pen name. Create another pen name. Create another go. pen name if you want to yeah. go there. And there's right. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you might want to, you know, but the, sometimes pushing boundaries also has to be done in baby steps too. You know, you mm-hmm. have to, if, you know, maybe almost like groom your readers to get used to this, you know, and, mm-hmm. and some of them will fall off by the wayside because it's not what they want. And others might mm-hmm. be like, okay, I enjoyed this. This is not too far fetched for me. This yeah, is not too out of the is, norm. It's what you know? J.R. Ward did because she set up this book. She set up her book for, I mean, I think these characters, one or both, one or both of them was, it's been a while since I've read, read her series, but one or both of them was introduced like three or four books ahead of time. Exactly. I mean, it, yep. so she was kind of building this 
uh, romance, you know, this coupling for a long time over the yep. course of several books. Right. So it was, it, but it was prepping her readers for that. And, and also her is, books, her books yeah. have a lot of darkness in them too. So yes. the type of reader that she has would also be something that was the type of audience that would be a little more open to that kind of that you know to, to open right. to that kind of pushing of a boundary as opposed to somebody who writes small sweet right. you know small you town you got to know readership. your readers yeah you, you have to know your to readers knowing knowing your readers because again your readers have certain expectations of what you're writing mm-hmm. and um you kind of i mean it it goes back to you're making a contract with them it's 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 an implied contract absolutely sure. But you are making a contract with them and they expect certain things. And when you veer off of that to, there's one thing of like taking a little side road, that's one thing. But when you completely deviate from the path that you have set as a writer, what you have set up, the expectations that you have set up with your readers, you're, you need to be prepared for what is going to, uh, the feedback that you're going to get. And it's most likely going to mean you changing your marketing tactics because there are people, cause I'm sure there were quite a few people who read all of J.R. Ward's other books in her series and decided to skip that book. I'm sure there was. Because it just, it was not their cup of tea. They did not, there wasn't something they were interested in reading. And so therefore they just skipped it. Now I mean, she's pushed quite a few boundaries, uh, you know, J.R. Oh, yeah. you know, when she had the one couple who uh, she killed off a main character, she killed off Jane, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know, she, she dies in a, in, you know, I think she's either shot while she's in her car or the car blows up or what have you, but she yeah. brings her back as a ghost that because there, these are um, vampire type, the mm-hmm. brotherhood are kind of vampires that she ha- has an ability to be either corporeal or somewhat corporeal. And mm-hmm. they have a BDSM relationship. <laughs> you know, they have their own little, their own yeah. little flat where they go and they, you know, they have their, their mm-hmm. fun and, and whatnot. So, I mean, she has, pushed boundaries as an author. And um, when I look at my own work and I look at what J.R. Ward has done, you know, and I think to myself, I could do that. I could do that because I have, you know, my stories carry that same kind of darkness. My stories, yeah, you pay, have, you know, yeah, you, it has they a, kind of ride that line. Yeah, yeah they do. And um, I have actually had write my writing compared to hers, you know, as, as being like a, a kissing cousin type of a type of, in terms of style, in terms of, you know, what, where my characters are. So I'm, you know, I can, and I, and, you know, I, I pushed the boundary myself when I wrote club vampire, you know, which is the red veil diaries. And because it has to do with the vampire club, having a back room where there are things that happen in that back room that, you know, it's by invitation only. And, you know, you basically sign a waiver because you could enter the back room and not come out of the back room, you know, that type of a thing. I mean, they even have a, an area where there's an oubliette, you know, where they just things, bodies get tossed and so forth. But mostly it's, it's for, it's for blood play and, and sex play. And it's for, you know, it's, it's, 
it's on, you know, they call it the back room because it's for, it's for the vampires, you know, and they're, and they're either their mates or their partners or their donors who are willing. And when you go in, when you enter, I mean, the first thing I always have every character that goes in there that what they, what they smell is they smell sex and blood. You know, that's the first thing that hits them in the face is the smell of sex and blood. And some people it titillates and some people it revolts and it depends on whether they stay or they go, you know, and it's, you know, because I've had you you have that. Yeah, you have that ability because of the the world that you have created. So let's transition this a little bit and talk about because writing dark things is um, whether you want to uh, most of us want to admit it or not it can be very emotionally draining i know Absolutely. when i was when i was writing uh brianna's story when i would go into her trauma and do her flashbacks and actually write about her getting raped and tortured um it was very very draining and so i needed what i would call a palate cleanser Yep. Um, and I think most of us do, uh, uh, maybe there are a few that don't, but most of us, I think do, uh, for me, it was my contemporary romances. I would write a story. Um, I would write a finding Anna book and then I would go and I would write a, one of my Daniels brothers books, which was a, you know, it's still steamy contemporary romance, but there was no BDSM in it. Um, you know, everything was set in normal, normal, average, everyday life. There's some small town romances in there and, you know, things like that. But it was, there was no BDSM. There was no major trauma. No, you know, none of that kind of stuff. You know, if it was touched on, it was just touched on lightly. Mm-hmm without diving into <coughs> deep headspace that I got into. Um, so what do you, what do you use for your palate cleanser? You know, it's funny because palate cleansers can be used in both directions. Um, you know, when I started, when I finished the eighth book and the, which is uh, of blood and magic because in the curse by blood series, um, you know, because there's so much trauma. I mean, in that book, my character was turned during the first world war. You know, so it's all Mm -hmm. the and he was turned right after the Battle of the Somme, which was if anybody knows anything about World War One, the Battle of the Somme was one of the most one of the bloodiest battles out there. I mean, and they couldn't even rescue everybody and people who were killed while they were trying to climb over, you know, barbed wire, you know, in no man's land and so forth. So it's it's it's, you know, so I wrote in different worlds to be able to cleanse my, my brain palate from Mm. that kind of heavy backstory, you know, even though all of my books, as dark as they get, I interject humor and silly and snark into every single one of them or else my readers would never exhale, you know, so I have to give them a chance to exhale. So I do that in those books, but in terms of the creative process, because we're, we're, you know, our podcasts are are for authors and aspiring authors and so forth. So when you're in that dark headspace, sometimes it's hard to find the funny. Sometimes it's hard to, 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 to kind of find that light 
part of your writing that could give your readers a chance to, to exhale. And so you have to do something for that. And some people read. I do that too. I read other books that are not part of that genre that are lighter. You, some people watch movies. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I do besides reading and you know other, other lighter books in a different genre is I write in different worlds. And one of them happens to be Robin Peterman's Magic and Mayhem uh, universe. And it's because her stuff is light. It's funny. One of the one of the the ways that she explains it is that it's side splitting in terms of being you know that you laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. So I try to do that, but at the same time, if your if if your author brain is wired to go towards dark, it's going to find its way in there anyway. The 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 what happens when you're writing a lighter story is you have to pump the brakes because it doesn't fit. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. fit the storyline. So that's yeah. how I that's how I cleanse my palate in that respect. But then after I've written a bunch of these lighter, fluffier books, you're ready you know, to go back. To I'm the, ready to go back to the heavy because the it's like, I'm sitting here going, Oh my God, this stuff is so fluffy. You know, I want to write something that's a little more meaty, you know, that's meatier. And, yeah, uh, you know, it has and, a lot, yeah, because you can really like with the darker stuff and the stuff that's really pushing boundaries, you can just, I don't know, it can just get in there and just, mm, just take hold of it and just grow, run with it yeah. sometimes. Whereas, with the lighter stuff, you, you almost have to tiptoe around it a little bit. I mean, case in point, when I write, when I write my BDSM stuff, because BDSM romance falls into the erotic romance category, and it's dealing with taboo subjects that pretty much cover the gamut. I mean, BDSM can be as simple as, you know, um, spanky, spanky, you know, (laughs) well, yes, spanking, or even just general power play as far Mm -hmm. as like, I'm in charge and, you know, you're, you know, you're going to, you know, if I tell you to lay down, you're going to lay down or turn over, you're going to turn that kind of thing. Or it can be, you know, somebody getting chained to a ceiling um, with a spreader bar between their legs, getting whipped, you know, I mean, it can, it can be so many different things. It can be blood play. It can be knife play. It can be so many different things. So there's a lot of freedom in that, that I don't, and plus, I can go as detailed as I want on the sex scenes because again, it's erotic romance. So graphic is perfectly okay. Whereas when I write a contemporary romance, I don't really write erotic contemporary. I just write mainstream adult contemporary. So there's sex, but it's not graphic sex. It's on the page, but I have to be careful of the wording that I use to describe things. I can't, um, I can't use certain words <laughs> that I can use in my erotic stuff. So while it's lighter and fluffier and things I do in a lot of ways, feel a bit more constrained in the, um, in my contemporary stuff than I do in my BDSM erotic stuff. Yeah, for um, me, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, for me, I don't know if it's so much. I mean, my the spicy books that I, the, the books that I have that have the, the spicier elements in it. I mean, it, it some of the sex is graphic, not BDSM graphic, but but adult graphic. Um, and I probably I have actually often thought that I needed to go back in and kind of temper tame that a little down. bit, tame it down a little bit. Um, but. I'm talking more in terms of emotions, you know, these lighter, funnier books, they're, 
they're great escapes. But for somebody whose brain works like mine, and if you're out there listening to us or watching us and your brain mm-hmm. works that way too, and you need to grab hold of some deeper, darker emotions and build from there, mm-hmm. you know, um, you need to, you, you need to, to, to have a palate cleanser in the other direction as well, you know, to be able to mm-hmm. cleanse your palate, but at the same time, then cleanse your palate from the light fluffy you know, to get back to, to, to the deeper, mm-hmm. darker stuff, the more, the heavier, more detailed books, you know, that are, that are thought provoking because right. sometimes books, you know, the, the lighter, fluffier ones, while they're fun reads and they do cleanse your palate, um, they're, you know, they're not, ex- they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be what I would re- refer to as books that make you think or books that give you a book hangover after you've read them. I love books that give you a book hangover after you've read them, you know, books that, that linger for a couple of days after you've, after you've read the end and you're like, you're, you're, you're they, they affect you, but they don't affect you in a bad way. You know, so you're not, you're not turning off mm-hmm. all the lights and putting the covers over your head. I mean, I'm talking about that, you know, they inter they, they, the thoughts about the book, they linger in your own, in your head during your everyday life, you know, and, and, right. so, and then when you meet somebody who's read that book and had the same reaction, you're like, oh my God, I know, I know. And, the, you know, it's something where I, I, and where I think is the, why book clubs are fabulous because then you get to, you get to discuss that, you know, whereas right. if it, you know, the lighter, fluffier stuff, the stories are good. Um, but when you, when you, you finish the book and you close it, it's like, you forget about it immediately. So, you know, that's how that for me, that's those are my palate cleansers, you know? Yeah, I, I do a lot of like, I rarely read BDSM, which I know is probably shocking. Um, but I mean, I do occasionally, but I, I think because I write a lot of it, I do tend to gravitate towards books that are more on the contemporary side, because I do need that downtime especially right now where I have written two BDSM books back to back and I'm editing a third uh BDSM book so I'm like I am stuck in the BDSM headspace right now and so when I'm reading I the last thing I want to do right now is is pick up a BDSM book because I need that palate cleanser I need to get out of that headspace um, because I'm in it so much reading it and not everybody's like that. There are some readers and that, and authors who they read what they, you know, they read what they like to write and they stay to that genre because it does, um, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like research for them, mm-hmm. which is fine. And, and you do need to do that to a certain extent, but I will say I tend to, I write very realistic BDSM romances um, and all of my BDSM stuff. I send through a, um, a couple that's been living the lifestyle for over 20 years. So all my BDSM like elements, see sensitivity reader, they, they pick that up. They're, you know, they're looking at that kind of stuff, which I'll be honest, they don't catch a lot because I've been writing it for so long. But a sensitivity, a sensitivity (laughs) reader is not an editor and they're not a critique partner in the, in that, in that sense, a sensitivity reader is going to give you, um, a, you know, black and white of whether or not you are doing their lifestyle disservice 
or if you're giving it justice. And I think yeah. that's something that's very, very important with any of the, any, any, when you push any boundary is that you have to make sure that you're doing it justice. If it's not something that, that you are familiar with because it's your life or it's something that you are personally acquainted with or something you are living that, you know, yourself, that you need to have somebody who's in it, you know, you know, in, in whatever way, shape or form, if you're writing an interracial couple, yeah, you know, find out what kind of, what kind of, uh, of, of obstacles that they've had to go through, you know, what they, what they, you know, so you're not just writing what, television tells you because television sometimes just gives you stereotypes oh anybody just speaking of television bdsm television stuff is the absolute worst ever i mean seriously compared compared to a lot of the other stuff i see in there in fiction i would say bdsm is probably the worst portrayed that i have ever seen in fiction on television so i mean you know this this that speaks to what i'm talking about is that you know there's the there's there's what you what has been fictionalized and what has been given as a, as a typical stereotype. And then there's the reality of it. And if you want to do your, your story justice, you will do your due diligence and you'll do your research properly. And you'll talk to the people who are going to, who are in the know, you know, so that you could, so that they're, you're, you know, cause you said it, Sherry, you write very realistic. Well, you know, if you want mm-hmm. your books to ring true, and to do and to do justice and not have people come up and you know and be like this is ridiculous you know or this this isn't how this but, is but hold know? on we have to so, we have to talk about this because since we're on this subject just know however that even if you do do your due diligence and get somebody to read it that has experience in that area <laughs> you are still going to get dissenters that are going to be like you because you're not, because you specifically are not, they are not going to care. They're going to have a problem. I have people that caught that leave reviews um, that were, that basically tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about that I'm writing, that I'm not writing BDSM correctly, even though all of my books have been read, all my BDSM stuff has been read by people in the lifestyle. And I've actually gotten not only from the couple that I have reading it, but I've gotten emails and messages from people who live the lifestyle who, and have for years, who thank me because my books are so realistic, but you're still going to get those people that think they know better or think that the way you portrayed something is not the right way. Well, I mean, you're um, always going to get detractors no matter what. Just you know, be aware so, of that. Yeah. Even if you do your due diligence, even if you try your best to do it right, to get it correct, you're never going to please 100% of everybody. No, so, and that shouldn't be your aim. Your, that shouldn't be your goal, you know, pleasing everybody. Mm-hmm. Your goal should be making sure that you've, you've, that you've done, that you're doing whatever boundary you're pushing justice. You know, that you're yeah. not just doing it for the sake of doing it because it's trendy or because it's, you know, it's something that you think is titillating, you know, you that you mm-hmm. do it the right way. So yeah, words um, last for a long time. Yeah, I would, I will just say that words last for a long time. You're I've said this before. Your books will outlive you. Yeah. So please try to, you know, approach your books and your subject matter with that in mind, because you want to, you want your books to last the standard test of time. You don't want somebody reading your book 50 years from now and, you know, being, well, that's, that would have never happened. That, that, that's not, 
that's just not right. You know, I mean, you, you want it to, you want it to last. You want it to be absolutely a, a portrayal that is, you know, correct. I think so. All right. Well, I think we, uh, we covered quite a lot of territory. We got down in a couple of rabbit holes there. <laughs> um, but hopefully you have enjoyed our talk on uh, pushing boundaries. Some of the and ways that we them. have pushed. Yeah. And, and push them. Don't be afraid to push them. We're just telling you to, you know, we're, we're giving you a caveat, you know, push your boundaries, but do it correctly with your eyes wide open. Yes. Yes. Just be aware. Just go in, do your research and uh, do it and have a way to, if you're going to push boundaries, especially if they are darker boundaries, have a palate cleanser, have a way to have some downtime and some breathers in between so that you do not burn out. Because again, burning out as an author is horrible because in your creative juices just kind of go drive right up. And you don't want gotta, that. That's, gotta that's feed, not productive. Got to feed that well. Got to feed that well. Exactly. Well, hopefully anyway. you have enjoyed our discussion today and we will, um, we will be back next week with another topic in Bound by Books. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.